0: SECTION EIGHT OF THE SOUL OR RATIONAL PSYCHOLOGY. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. THE SOUL OR RATIONAL PSYCHOLOGY. BY Emanuel SWEDENBERG. TRANSLATED BY FRANK Sewell, 1837-1915. AND OTHERS. Section 8. 3. The Intellect and Action. 24. Intellection, which is the ultimate of sensations, does not immediately turn itself into will, which is the primary of actions, but a certain thought and judgment intervenes. Thus there are intermediate operations of the mind which connect the last of the one with the first of the other. There is a certain progressive series of gyra as intellection passes over into will. Undoubtedly, there intervenes the thought, which is the last involution of things perceived and understood, and the calling forth of like things from the recess of the memory. But the judging or judgment is the reduction of the things thought into a certain rational form, those things being cast out which have nothing to do with the matter in question. At length comes the conclusion, and so the will. The intellection itself is the first part of the operations of the intellect. The thought is the second part, judging is the third, conclusion is the fourth. All of these taken together are designated by the one word intellect but this gyre is often accomplished with such presence of mind and velocity that it hardly appears that there are so many intermediate parts between the first rational perception and the beginnings of actions it is sometimes run through in a single moment that there is a similar series of operations in single substances gifted with perfect elasticity to which the above might be compared i do not doubt it may be that the elitary of nature when it is subjected to a force or impetus resolves and restores itself by similar intermediate operations to a similar act although it may seem to be instantaneous but we cannot further enlarge upon the subject here twenty five there is such a connection of the rational perception or the intellect with the will that is of the passion with the action in one mind that as the one is so also is the other and that a mind deprived of perception is also deprived of will the perception of the mind can be compared with passion but the will with action hence the perfect mind with the perfect eletary in nature for it is a faculty of the eletary that its elastic force is greater as the body is more compressed that the eletary is equal to the compressing force that the force of an elastic body is determined by the actions of the compressing body that the eletary liberated from the compressing force is restored at once to a former condition that the body in which there is a perfect elastic force however much it may be compressed loses nothing of its own force but always restores it and puts forth as much as it has itself suffered so that a similar force and impetus is diffused into what is immediately around and thence into the nearest vicinity and thence everywhere that in the striking together of elastic bodies the centre of gravity before the conflict and after is moved with the same rapidity when moved at all so that in the meeting of elastic bodies the state of the centre of gravity is preserved besides many other things which might be compared with this organic substance and its rational operation and might be explained by correspondences to the apprehension of the intelligent in the meanwhile that the will is such as is the intellect or the perception appears from the phenomena or the affections of the mind of the animus or of the brain for the will increases with perception itself in youths and in adult when one perishes the other perishes for they meet in the same organ when the brain is injured compressed with foreign matter or disturbed in its order not only does sensation become unsteady according to the degree of injury but also action as in loss of memory in catalepsy in lethargy in sleep and other conditions the reason is that nothing can be carried into the will which does not come from the perception or the will is the conclusion of the thoughts and to it belongs the power of acting in accordance with the ideas of the thoughts twenty six the first perception cannot be at once transferred into thought still less into will unless some force accede which incites and promotes and that without this exciting and promoting force perception would at once be extinguished and with the perception the thought the two going hand in hand that the first perception is a bare interior sensation or mere passion follows quite as well from description as from reflection, or that the images of sight pass over through the eye and the fibres of its nerves to a common sensory or a certain interior sensation is what is experienced whenever the eyes are opened. It is the same with sound and its modulations in the air with taste in the tongue and smelling in the nostrils and touch in the body but in order that this perception may become a sensation interior still and that the rational sensation which is called intellection may pass over into thought and from this stage into will this cannot take place without some accessory and stimulating force what these forces are are here added i will proceed to state twenty seven the first force is the harmony itself and the pleasure and sweetness thence proceeding which is perceived in the external and internal sensory organs at the first impression of an object and which so affects the animus and mind and vivifies the perception that this cannot help being continued even into the will the facts are clear in themselves for what is beautiful and comely at once affects the eye or internal sight with a certain latent pleasure at the harmony of similar sounds as also the sweetness of taste and odour and even the blandishments of touch the mind is immediately pleased wherefore its perception is not quiet but is at the moment actuated and calls forth from the inmost of the memory similar ideas whence comes thought and this is followed by will 28. Another force is the love of self-preservation, or the love of self, which kindles the internal sensations, or, from the first perception even to the last, excites these sensations into the beginning of action. And without the accession of such a force, our intellect would be deprived of its life, and would languish away. If we examine interiorly the natural harmonies themselves, which are first perceived in the sensory organs of the body, it will appear that these are so many conservative forces of the body, and not only do they afford blandishments to the sense, but also they restore whatever is defective in them, as may be demonstrated from many phenomena. For harmonies revive the soul, the vernal greenness and various hues of the meadows restore the sight, because these exhilarate the aramis so also symmetries affect the hearing but the contrary things offend and bring injury hence the body suffers and the animus grieves it follows from this that there is a certain impelling and active force in the natural harmonies because they contribute to the preservation of the body the love of self is the first of all the loves of the soul of the desires of the mind and of the cupidities of the body all desires of ends proceed thence as though from their source there are also loves diverted as streams from their source which are excited by particular perceptions these are doubtless so many forces lives or heats which vivify the operations of the mind and excite them even to action this is the reason why each one is strong from his own love and desires and each one lives from his own life, and that those who are deprived of such loves and desires are also dull of disposition, stupid, and dry stocks, possessing without doubt a spirit and a blood, equally cold and sluggish. 29. From these loves are born the desires of some end, which desires are the forces themselves present in the intellect and in the will there is no intellect or rational perception and therefore no thought or judgment and still less a will which goes hand in hand with perception without the intuition and desire of a certain end without this or without an end the will is never determined into act wherefore in order that there be a will it is necessary that there be in it an end which the mind contemplates but there are superior and inferior ends the superior ends are those only of the human mind nor do they look solely to the preservation of the body or of self but they regard the preservation of that society in which the mind forms a part and many other things beside in place of these rational ends there are with beasts corporeal ends the desires of which are called lusts and pleasures these ends are solely for the sake of self-preservation. It may be of the body simply. Such an end, because it does not descend from a certain source and principle of reason, prefers the preservation of self to the preservation of society as a whole. But we must treat of these ends hereafter, when treating of the animus and the mind. 30. There is nothing innate in the human mind except a perception of order and of harmonies and of truths in forms and in substances, in forces and in modes, by which the rational mind is affected in so far as they concern the preservation of self. But other things, even the forms themselves, the substances, the forces, the modes, the truths, are to be learned by the aid of the senses whence come discipline and the arts it is otherwise in the brute animals it has been shown above that the harmonies themselves are innate with us or that we perceive them without a teacher as the sweetness of taste and smell the symmetries of sound the excellencies and beauties of nature in a word the very order of things or the harmony of modes forces substances and forms thence also we may perceive the very truth of things for these correspond to order itself in nature and this is the reason why order is called the transcendental truth this we clearly perceive in our intellect for we seize truths as it were at their bare assertion without any demonstration and therefore some persons are said to have in them as innate the seeds of virtue and of beauty but the form itself and the perfection of the form are different things by way of the senses and of discipline we have to procure for ourselves scientifically and experimentally the form but not the very harmony itself and the order itself of the determinations in the form the harmony and the order are natural because they agree with the form itself of our organic substances and of their sensations and perceptions, and thus they allure them that they may soften, titillate, and pleasantly affect them. But the form itself, thence resulting, is something to be acquired. This is why the dispute has arisen among the learned whether ideas are innate in us or altogether acquired. The same also is proved by the reflection of our own thought, imagination, and speech. For in order, that there may be thought and speech, an infinite number of things are requisite which concern order alone. And this order is so strictly observed and maintained by children, that the entire peripatetic and Pythagorean schools could not in ten years reduce to rules and sciences what this or that boy brings forth naturally and of himself in less than a moment's time we also assent to truths themselves without any demonstration a posteriori at their very first announcement in so far as there is in them a natural harmony and one that gratefully affects the mind besides the harmonies the order and the naturally implanted truth there are also loves which all proceed from the love of self, although it is from doctrine alone that it can be known whence these loves proceed, and of what quality they are. But it is otherwise with the brute animals. In these there are still more possessions which are innate, be it single ideas themselves, or forms, modifications, and so on for they are born into their sensations, perceptions, and wills, and they stand alone as soon as they are put forth from the womb or the egg. 31. The external senses are very obtuse, gross, and feeble, and thence fallacious, so that they deceive the internal senses themselves in innumerable phenomena, taken for truths and appearing to be truths this is because these internal senses penetrate rather into the causes and principles of things wherefore the science of the senses is purely animal but not such is the science which is rational and truly human there is indeed no other way of knowing and of understanding given us than by the sensations or by experience that is by the posterior which is called the analytical way for our sensations are perfected first, then the internal perceptions, and finally the intellect, the judgment, or the knowledges of the true end, do not come until late in an adult life. And because this way is natural and alone permitted, we have to depend upon our observing and collecting of experiments and phenomena of nature thus the optic science is most familiar with the organism of the eye and still knows no rules except those derived from science cultivated by experiment so with the acoustics of the ear the very truths causes and principles of natural things yea even of moral things must be learned the same way although we may be pleased when objects present themselves to us still we do not know them any more interiorly than we do the beauty itself of a flower conspicuous for the fair mingling of its colours and symmetry of its parts for in the blooming rose we of ourselves perceive nothing except the beauty the order and the truth the form itself what is its colour what the relation and position of its parts this is not possible to explore without the experience of the senses for the soul itself which alone understands the objects presented to the senses is itself order law and truth thence whatever is agreeable to its reason pleases it while other things it shuns and abhors but that there are infinite things which to the senses appear to be that which they are not may be seen sufficiently from examples for instance, it is an appearance that the sun, stars, and planets are little molecules instead of earths as large as ours, that we are absolutely at rest, although our terrestrial globe rotates and revolves around the sun, just as it is in a ship in which we seem to be at rest, although within an hour we may be borne away under full sail some miles from the port. It appears as if the antipodes could not possibly stand on their feet, as if the blood did not circulate, as if the cerebrum did not animate, and as if the ventricle did not have a peristaltic motion. It does not appear to the senses that a certain fluid flows very swiftly through the least fibres, or that the atmospheres are divided into parts, since they seem to be like waters, either continuous or as nothing it also seems to the senses as if there were an attraction a vacuum a single atmosphere and as if the ray were an atom as if there were no substance, as if a body very swiftly moved were continuous as if providence fate and fortune are mere happenings of accident as if insanity were wisdom fallacy truth the becoming equally with the unbecoming honesty and vice versa as if license were free will pleasures and allurements of the senses the highest felicity and greatest good it appears as if art were more ingenious than nature as if philosophers were possessed of a better common sense than the plebeian world and as if they were the wise who talk more elegantly and are skilled in languages and mingle their sharp criticisms or else who keep silence, or express only half the meaning of what is to be understood, as if we were to estimate people according to the opinion of others, whom we believe to be possessed of judgment. Infinitely more things occur in the discriminations of the true and the false, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the becoming. These very discriminations, which do not appear to the senses, we believe to be not, so long as they are concealed be they in reality ever so numerous and striking in form so in other instances from these things we may conclude that if we have faith in our senses only we shall be more like animals than rational beings for the brute animals are easily deceived by fallacious visions or by appearances and that therefore in the degree that we are the more rational or the more truly men in that degree we shall dispel the clouds and fallacies of the senses, and penetrate clearly into truths themselves, or enter into causes and principles, and the same faith we shall deny to our body, that is, we shall withdraw ourselves from the shadows of the sensations. Therefore it is not for man to become wise by means of the senses or experience alone. 32 the soul concurs with every sensation perception and intellection but so sublimely universally and secretly that we can scarcely learn what flows from the soul and what from the body for the senses are what inform the mind in order that the rational may hear since without the experience of the senses we can understand nothing but that we are able to understand, yea, even the power and faculty of understanding, and of reducing the several ideas to their order, is not a property of the body or of the external senses, but is of the soul. The soul may be compared with the light which surrounds the eye. Without the light there could be no discrimination whatever between the less luminous and the shady, between those differences in objects whence arise colors and forms so is the soul that which pours in a certain light in order that verities may appear as verities while the sensations on the other hand add certain doubtful phenomena which as it were cast a shadow on the verities thence arise ideas and truths mixed with falsities and from these again opinions hypotheses, conjectures discussion discourse and speech if the bare verities shone forth unobscured there would be no reason and no ratiocination for no one could help acknowledging what another said and thus one would feel and think just as the other such a state would be a most perfect one like that of those souls whose speech is directed solely to the praise and glory of their deity. In order, therefore, that there may exist a society of bodies, it is necessary that our intelligence be mixed and not pure. But we will treat of this more at length when we treat of the intellect. 35 the causes of both the external and internal sensations flow universally from hence that the soul is conscious of something that agrees or disagrees with itself a certain body soothes or aids it another pains or injures it the one pleases the other displeases by these it is delighted by those grieved thus all the senses flow from the cause of self-preservation and the more interior ones from the love of self the truth of this proposition appears from examination of the phenomena of the several senses in the taste we observe the pungent properties such as those of the saline acid of urinous and other prickly substances and also those which soothe such as the sugary and sweet those injure these delight from the mixture of the prickly and the rotund arises the bitter the sweetness of wines and many such flavors thence comes so great variety the same holds true of the sense of smell for this sense takes in a similar variety of parts even more subtle than those above mentioned which fly and flow about in the atmosphere the hearing is a sense still more sublime for this perceives only the harmonies and disharmonies of the modules of the air those which are natural and in agreement are soothing those which disagree such as the disharmonies produce pain likewise the sight whose objects are the modifications of the ether or of the superior atmosphere these senses come nearer to the nature of the soul they recede as it were from bodily things they insinuate themselves as mediators and messengers into the spiritual the internal senses such as the perceptions and intellections likewise exhibit this law for whatever agrees with their nature and order pleases and that which disagrees displeases and because natures are dissimilar therefore in order that the nature of one may never be absolutely the same as the nature of another and indeed natures in themselves perfect are easily perverted by the errors and the fallacies of the senses it comes to pass that what pleases one person displeases another still all the senses flow universally from the cause of the preservation of one state and order for the soul has provided its body with sensations that it may know whatever touches its surroundings in order that it may be informed most particularly about every change of the state of its body which it desires to preserve but the internal senses flow from the love of self for love is spiritual even as the soul itself is and from this cause it seeks praise glory a life of fame felicity in the body and after the death of the body by the love of all these things it is led these things gratify the mind and are most grateful to the inmost senses and chiefly flatter them thirty four in the degree that forms are the more perfect they are the more grateful and pleasing to the senses and vice versa in taste and smell all angular forms are harsh and displeasing unless the angles are so disposed that they may represent some more perfect form and excite some sense which the mind judges to be conformable and adapted to restoring the state of the body this is the reason why the salty and the bitter often give pleasure and the sweet and the aromatic displeasure but the more perfect forms such as the circular and spherical, which are next to the angular imperfection and those still more perfect naturally please because they are soothing as for instance the sweet and sugary substances the forms which affect the hearing are chiefly circular for such are the forms of the modifications or of the fluxations of the particles of the air these as they more nearly approach the circular forms are in that degree the more harmonious and grateful still more delightful do they become as they approach the perpetually circular or the spiral form such as the form of the modifications of the ether or of vision but in the degree that they depart from these harmonies or approach the angular forms so that they become sharp prickly in a word not rounded just so far do they become disagreeable likewise with the sight as its forms or those of its images become in and among themselves more perfectly spiral and in this way mingled as to light and shade so are they the more grateful and indeed most as they approach the forms of the higher and interior sense namely that which is perpetually spiral and vortical then succeed the superior forms such as the celestial and spiritual in which each part is, as it were, perpetual, and everything angular is cut off and removed. Thus every organ has its own form, which looks up to a superior, and is related to an inferior one. And of every form there are infinite changes of state, and hence arise the infinite varieties of sensation. End of Section 8